You are listening to episode number 15 of the Queen of Your Castle podcast. I'm your host, Brittany Lynch. Thank you for being with me today. I appreciate you so much. Uh, Today's episode, we're doing something a little bit differently than we usually do them. And what I mean by that is that I am giving you a sneak peek into what it looks like on the inside of my group coaching program. So if you are not familiar with my group coaching program, my group coaching program is called Your Stepmom Story. And what we do in Your Stepmom Story is help you to create the happily ever after you thought you were going to have when you fell in love with a guy who had kids, but maybe didn't turn out quite the way that you planned it. So essentially over a 12-week period, you and stepmoms from around the world get to go through a whole bunch of soul searching, root pulling, belief challenging, transformational work that helps you come out on the other side feeling respected and valued and peaceful and confident. And so one of the components of the Stepmom Story Group Coaching Program is that every single week I do a live question and answer call for my members for my exclusive VIP members. So what I'm going to do for you here today is I'm going to give you a little peek, a little peek about what it looks like inside of the program, the types of questions that you get to ask, the type of work that we do in there. And I hope that the questions that our members have asked this week will be able to serve you in some way, shape, or form and help you to become a happy, peaceful, respected, valued, confident stepmom because you freaking deserve it. Where would you take your life if you knew you could not fail? I get it. As a stepmom, mom, and entrepreneur, sometimes it can feel like what everyone else expects of you versus what you dream about for yourself are on opposite ends of the spectrum. As a woman, you're taught from a very young age what society thinks you're worth based on how you look, how you behave, and how much money you're allowed to bring in. But I'm here to show you that you can be the woman who has it all and not just on the outside. I'm Brittany Lynch, and you are the queen of your castle. Hello. Welcome to this Friday's live Q&A call. And we are officially at about the halfway point for this round of the stepmom story. So hopefully you are starting to really have a clear picture in your minds about the type of life that you specifically are wanting to create for yourself. Uh, And maybe you're starting to hone in on some really specific areas to focus on that would help better support the type of life that you want to have, both inside your stepfamily and outside of your stepfamily. So we're just winding up this week's chapter, which was all about, you know, self-esteem and self-love. And there's a big chapter that we did on values a couple of weeks ago. And something I've seen over and over and over again that comes up over and over and over again, even in my own life, you know, like whether it's me working with stepmoms or experiencing it myself, 
something that has been really challenging for me in the past that sometimes still comes up as a challenge for me is being able to prioritize your own needs and my own needs over the needs of other people, right? What are the needs that we decide other people have? How do we sacrifice ourselves in order to meet those needs? So essentially that's what the last couple of chapters have kind of gotten you to take a look at. It's like, where do you fit in this piece of the puzzle? How do you prioritize what it is that you need in order to make you happy? What do I need to do? What do I, Brittany, need to do in order to make me happy? What do I need to do to meet my own needs first? And then once I feel really good, then I have more to give to the people that I love. Okay. So, I mean, this is, these kinds of conversations are very interesting to me because as women, we are often taught and conditioned to believe that the way to make people like us is by being who they want us to be instead of who we are. So we've learned from a very young age that if we mold ourselves to fit inside of other people's boxes, that we might end up getting some type of a benefit from that. We might end up getting some type of a benefit from being a little bit of a chameleon. So as women, we're taught and conditioned and we learn that the way to be liked and accepted and loved and appreciated is by fitting inside of other people's boxes, right? So we get a benefit, a short-term benefit of fitting inside of other people's boxes and who they th- we think that they want us to be. But there's usually only so long that we can keep up that being who other people need us to be before we start having these feelings of like, who am I, right? Why am I doing this? Why, why am I giving so much of myself, but I feel so empty or tired and exhausted. And why do I feel like the life is sucked out of my soul all of the time? Like I'm giving to everybody. I'm making everybody so happy, but why do I feel this way? Why is this emptiness inside of me? Why do I lay in bed at night pondering the meaning of life? right? Like why am I revisiting all of these choices that I've made that have got me to here, to where I am? What it doesn't, it's no indication of how much you don't like your life, right? Like no one's saying that you don't like where you're at, but a lot of the time we play these tapes over in our head of like, if I'm doing this for this person, like I'm going over and above for this person and they still are not appreciating me. I'm doing this thing I'm keeping my voice quiet. I'm doing X, Y, and Z to make everybody else happy. So why am I not happy? Right? Why am I not happy? Why do I feel like this? Why do I feel this like constant questioning of who I am? It's like every human is on this like path to figure out who they are. Okay. So this is why a lot of people live with this kind of looming discontentment over their lives. A lot of humans, I would say, of humans live with this like discontentment. Like, who am I? Who am I? And so most people look around and they say like, well, I have a roof over my head and I have food in my fridge and I have a partner who loves me, but here I am. I still feel like something is missing. I still feel like there's a piece of me that's missing. And a lot of stepmoms especially get caught in this cycle of giving and giving and giving and giving to other people, silencing their voices, going over and above, trying to get other, convince other people to like them and accept them, but then wondering why other people don't appreciate them more. Why are they not giving back to me what I'm giving to them? Okay. Why are they not showing me what I'm showing to them? 
why does it still feel like something is missing? So, I mean, one thing that I want to kind of draw your attention to before I go on to answer this week's questions that were submitted um, is that one of the questions that I asked in the workbook this week was, what is something that brings you joy that you don't participate in because of what other people might think about you? So on the surface, this question doesn't have anything to do with step families, right? But what could happen in your life if you reached for the joy, for experience of joy for yourself before you reached for the experiences of joy for other people? I'm not saying neglect your kids or lock them in a closet or tell your partner to do this or, you know, like... But what would it look like if you started getting into the habit of reaching for your own joy before you reached for the joy for other people, before you tried to bring down the joy for other people, what would happen if you reached for the joy for yourself? So, you know, like where in your life is your own joy, your own pleasure, this ease and flow that and relaxation that people are always looking for. Where is this taking a back seat to that of other people? Whether that's your partner, his kids, your kids, your partner's ex, your parents, your siblings, your friends. Like where is your joy taking a back seat to other people's joy? And where in your life do you think that your worth, your worth is dependent on how much you are giving to other people instead of how much you are giving to yourself. So these are just questions to ponder. I'm here if you want to chat about them. Uh, But my challenge for you for this week coming up and forever, but especially for this week, like by the end of today actually would be nice. My challenge for you is to do one thing, one thing that brings you joy. And when you do this thing that brings you joy, I want you to send me a message and I want you to let me know what that thing was. And I want you to let me know what that felt like for you, because there might be a bunch of mixed emotions that come up. There might not. You might just enjoy it. You might not be able to enjoy it because you're stuck in your head about what it means for you to go and be doing this thing that brings you joy. Regardless, I would love to have a conversation with you about what this looks like to step into a space where you are doing something that brings you joy specifically without worrying about anybody else. Okay. Okay. So that's my challenge. Be great if you could do it by the end of the day. If not, anytime. I'm only putting a deadline on it because then it makes people actually want to go ahead and do it. But yeah, so do something that brings you joy and then message me so that we can talk about it and so that I can help you process that and see if there are blocks that you're putting up around yourself that prevent you from experiencing any type of joy. Okay. So on to the questions that you lovely ladies submitted for this week's Q&A. Okay. First question. Number one. So when evaluating your value, try again. When evaluating your values and if they support your vision or not, If you feel like making another value more of a priority would help, how do you apply that? How do you shift your focus onto a different value and put it into play? So the intention behind identifying your values is to give you a bit of an anchor, an anchor, anchoring points. So what do I mean by that? Basically, what I mean by that is that you let me know you who asked this question, you let me know that your top three values are love, honesty, and intimacy, right? 
love, honesty, intimacy. Those are your top three. So the place to explore for you and the place to get curious about in your own life is are these values of love, honesty, and intimacy in line with the type of life that you want to live? Okay. So also remember, there's no right or wrong values, but your value system is essentially going to govern the way that you feel and govern the way that you behave in your life and the way that you feel about yourself and the way that you feel about your behavior. So if we take a look at your top three values, which are love, honesty, and intimacy, would those values, for example, on their own, would those three values serve somebody who wanted whose vision looked like having a respectful, stable, safe home life. Yes, absolutely. 100% they would, right? 100%. Those are completely supportive of that if that is what your vision is. So you would know when you went to bed at night, if your heart feels light and you feel good and you feel content, then you probably know that you acted within the bounds of your value system throughout the day. And you would say like, when you do your check-in, your mental check-in at night, you would say, yes, I was loving, right? Yes, I was honest. And yes, I was able to connect in some sort of intimate way with somebody in some way, shape or form, give it, receive it, reciprocity. We do a you not reciprocity in a little while, but. Um, So by being able to do that mental check-in and say, yes, I was in line with my values. Therefore, Yes, I was in integrity with myself. I was in integrity with my value system today. And I feel good about that as a result. I feel good, right? So if your heart feels heavy when you go to bed and you do your mental check-in and your heart feels heavy, then you get to examine and get curious, right? Then you get to examine based on your value system, what was out of alignment with your value system, to bring about this feeling of discontentment or heaviness or a heavy heart or whatever is kind of feeling mucky in your head before you're trying to fall asleep. Was it your actions? Was it your own personal actions, right? Like, did you act outside of your value system or did other people act in a way that felt threatening to your value system? So I'll use your values and I'm going to just going to try and apply it to an experience in my own life just to give it a little bit of context. Okay. So one job that I used to have uh, before I left nursing was that I worked in this like, I don't even know what the word is for it. Basically, I, I worked alongside psychiatrists. And essentially what we did was we facilitated these really, really, really in-depth mental health assessments, psychiatric assessments on people. And the intention behind those assessments, they were like four or five, six hours long, these mental health assessments. And the intention behind these assessments is that the psychiatrist would determine based on this person's mental health condition, is this person safe to go to work? Is this person capable of carrying out their job? Should this person be working? Okay. So this per- this person or these people's companies, employers would order these people to come to these mental health assessments. Okay. And so we would spend six hours, four to six hours inside of a room with people asking them everything from like the day they were born until right now and everything about their mental health. Then we would prepare a report 
I would prepare a report that would be 30 plus pages long. The doctor would go through it, give his diagnoses, give his recommendations. And we would give this huge report, which is basically like a synopsis of your entire mental health history to your boss, to your employer, right? And through that, these employers would determine what does this person need to know in order to, or what do I need to know and able to be, or to be able to like accommodate this person in the workplace? Should they be working here? Should they not be working here? Et cetera. Okay. So what this meant is that a lot of the time, a lot of the time, these people didn't really have a choice about what happened next. These employees didn't really have a choice. Usually they were mandated by their company, by their employer that they had to go to these mental health assessments. So a lot of the time, people were not deemed mentally fit to work, okay? Uh, and so when they were deemed not fit to work by these psychiatrists, then they wouldn't be able to go to work. So this essentially would look like they had to follow all of these recommendations, jump through all of these hoops, be on certain medications, go to treatment, do whatever this looked like for them in order to essentially be considered safe enough to go back to their job. So depending on your value system, this could feel one of two ways, right? If you, using your values, if you value love and honesty and intimacy, then it might feel really, really, really yucky, really bad to be working in a job that makes people feel like they're being punished and having their jobs taken away from them because of their mental health. Alternatively, if you value love and honesty and intimacy, it might feel really good for you to work in a job that provides people with a plan to take care of their mental health and not be allowed to work in a job when they shouldn't safely be there that is putting the lives of other people at risk, potentially, right? So even if this looks like them not being able to work for a while and having to jump through some hoops in order to get their job back, it might feel good to you to facilitate this transaction. It might feel good to you to work in a space like this, right? So in other words, there's no right or wrong values to have, and there's no right or wrong way to apply these values. Like a value is just a word to, that you are giving to a feeling of how you are governing your life. They're not concrete. They're very flexible, okay? And based on your own interpretation. So whether or not your values are serving you in a specific context is based on your own interpretation of what those values mean and how those values may or may not contribute to the life that you want to live. Okay. So I ended up, I'll go back. I ended up leaving that job because it was so grating. It was so grating to my value system. Uh, even though it could be argued that it was the right thing to do, to me, it felt really intrusive. Okay. It felt really intrusive that somebody's employer, somebody's company was allowed to have so much very intimate information about somebody's mental health. And that that person was essentially subject to jumping through these hoops after their employer knew every single thing about their mental health history, including like sexual habits, sexual orientation, all of stuff that you don't want people knowing. You tell psychiatrists things that you don't want other people knowing. And this was given to people's employers, right? So this didn't feel good to me. Didn't feel good at all. The service that's offered, yes, it's necessary to keep workplace population safe. But 
did it line up with my value system? No. Does it line up with other people's value system? Yes. Whose truth is true? Who's right? Who's wrong? Whose values are right? Whose values are wrong? The answer is nobody's. Everyone's allowed and entitled to apply their values however they see fit to work, to feel good about their life, right? So once I got clarity on what specifically it was that my values were, with my highest value being freedom, it made a lot of sense that it felt so bad to me to be working in this job where I was essentially playing a hand and taking away people's freedom. Do you see what I'm saying? So it has nothing to do with the specific components. It is how does this thing of, how does freedom apply to the context of your life? How does love apply to the context of your life? How does love apply to your career? How does love apply to your step family? How are you using this value to support the vision that you have for your life? How are you using your values to support your career or, or vice versa? How are you using your career to support your values? Does that make sense? It's really hard to give like a clear cut answer because there is no clear cut answer. It's all based on your interpretation and what your values mean to you. So if your highest values are love and honesty and intimacy, and you're asking like, I want to incorporate another value potentially. So if you think that incorporating another value that maybe wasn't on your radar, but now that it's been brought to the forefront, now this thing is important to you. You think that incorporating this other value is going to help you reach this place that you want to go. Then all you have to do is incorporate that value in whatever context that means to you. Does that make sense? So for example, if you wanted to incorporate the value of family security with your values, Okay, that would probably line up with yours. If you wanted to incorporate the value of family security with your values, then you would ask yourself the question, potentially, how do my pre-existing values of love and honesty and intimacy contribute to this new important value that I want to add of family security? Okay, and do I, do I value family security more or less than I value love and honesty and intimacy? And are there going to be some days that I might value security more than I value love? Are these allowed to flex, right? Do I need to be rigid in how I apply my values? What benefits do I get from being rigid with my values? What benefits do I get from being flexible with my values? And then ask yourself, like, how does this new value that I've added of family security how does this change or does it change in any way the way I'm w- in which I'm showing up in the world? How does this contribute to my vision? What does it mean to me to work from this new value, right? Like somebody who valued family security probably wouldn't be gambling at the casino with their kid's college fund, right? But maybe they would. So, If I value family security, back to your values, if I value family security more than I value intimacy, this might look like, if I value family security more than intimacy, this might look like I choose to work six days a week instead of five days a week, right? This might look like taking on other client for another layer of financial security that this would provide for my family. But if I value intimacy more than I value family security, but I still wanna add family security, I could say like, I'm gonna unplug from technology in the evenings to spend more time with my family because being intimate gives me family security. So there's no cut and dry. There's no black and white. They're very layered. They play on top of each other. They play in and out with each other. They ebb and flow with the way that you feel in the day. 
So, I mean, that was a really, that was a 22 minute long (laughs) explanation of saying, (sighs) take a big, deep breath. Don't overthink it. There's overlaps. And some moments, some values are more important than other values, right? That's okay. And so when you go to create these anchors, when you go to create these anchor value anchors for yourself, then you get to work more intentionally from your values, more intentionally from your values, Instead of just doing things for the sake of doing them because you think it's the right thing to do, now you have kind of a benchmark. You have an anchor to measure your actions against and say like, is this in line before you make a decision? Is this in line with my values, right? After something happens that you are are processing, you're like, hmm, why does this feel bad? Was this in line with my values? Anchors, benchmarks, measuring tools, that's it. And there's no right or wrong. There's no good or bad. You're never right or wrong. You're never good or bad. You just do what you do and that's okay. So let me know if you have any more questions about that. Post it in the group and I'll be happy to help you work through that if you do have more questions. Otherwise, hopefully that helps you clear it up. Okay, next question. So I hope you enjoyed that little sneak peek from our module that we just completed on values inside of the Stepmom Story Group Coaching Program. So hopefully there were some little tidbits and nuggets from that uh, one question that was asked that you, you can apply to your life and maybe evaluate, you know, how are my values? How are my values lining up with the life that I'm living with my step family? How are my values maybe being challenged? And what are some things that maybe I can do to line myself up better with my value system because it tends, it tends to feel kind of gross when we are working outside of our value system. Sometimes we don't know why things feel gross. We just know that they feel gross. So if things do feel gross, you know, for example, if you are, if you are a stepmom who struggles with, you know, feeling invisible and feeling unappreciated, et cetera, et cetera, it's probably because your value system is being challenged in some way, shape or form. So I hope that, I hope that the answer to that question was helpful for you and make sure to tune, let up, make sure to tune in next week because I am going to give you the rest of the questions that were asked this week in the value unit in next week's episode. So I will see you back here next week. And until then, make it rain, girlfriend. I hope this episode got your wheels turning and showed you just how powerful you are. I would invite you to take 30 seconds and tap subscribe to this podcast. When you subscribe to the podcast, then rest assured you will never miss an episode. And in no time, spinning your wheels will be a thing of the past. Thank you for listening and subscribing. And if you enjoyed this episode, it would mean the absolute world to me if after you subscribed, you jumped on over and left me a five-star review and better yet, a written review. I am on a mission to let every mom and stepmom know that you can create the life of your dreams. And I need your help to change the world. The world needs us. Thank you so much for subscribing and leaving me a five-star review. I will see you next week 
Same time, same place. For more behind the scenes action and to get really up close and personal with me and our beautiful step family, jump on over to Instagram and follow me at the step queen. Don't be shy. Send me a DM. Tag me in your posts. Tag me in your stories. Let me know what you're up to and what about the podcast has been blowing your mind. I cannot wait to get to know you better. And Instagram is my jam. I love you so much. I love you so much. Make it rain, girlfriend. <laughs>